Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome to this week's Ringing the Blues. On this week's show, we have all the action and reaction from both the Barnsley and Coventry City matches. We catch up with Mark Bowring, who runs Mission Dispatch and is now sending Wickham Wanderers paraphernalia all over the world via the Wickham Wanderers website. We also catch up with Rich Barter, a chairboy in New Zealand, and he tells us what it's like on a match day for him. But first, let's head to Mexico City for the results with Uri. We are ringing the blues from Mexico City. My name is Uri, and these are the results for the Championship League. Cardiff City nil, Swansea City 2. Birmingham City nil, Watford 1. Blackburn Rovers 1, Norwich City 2. Bournemouth 5, Huddersfield Town nil. Derby County nil, Stoke City nil. Luton Town 3, Preston Northern 0, Middlesbrough 3, Millwall 0, Nottingham Forest 1, Brentford 3, Queen's Park Rangers 0, Reading 1, Rotterdam United 2, Bristol City 0, Sheffield Wednesday 1, Barnsley 2, Wickham Wanderers 1, Coventry City 2. Come on, Cherboys, what's happening? Okay, so uh, for Cherboys Spanish this week, uh, well, you know, most football clubs have a bogey team, meaning a team that either always beats them or against which they habitually enjoy bad luck. Today was the 10th game in a row that Coventry have beaten Wickham. So Coventry are Wickham's bogey team. So bogey. How do we call the bogeyman in Mexico? We call it El Coco. So, child, if you behave bad, the Coco will come after you. So, bogey team, El Coco. Coventry, son, El Coco, the Wickham. Okay, there's something I, I like about Coventry, and that's the music that comes from that little town. Uh, do you remember the specials? Ghost Town? The ghosts are scary, so is the bogeyman. Okay, such a coincidence. Back to London with my amigo Phil Catchpole at the Wickham Wanderers Chair Boys, ringing the blues studios. Until next week, adios! A Wednesday night trip to Barnsley. Wickham took on the Tykes at Oakwell. Here's what happened. Against Bournemouth, you want to see coming, you know. Um, but then you want to see Preston beating Bournemouth 3-2 last week. So it's uh, it's a very open league. I think people have been saying that, and you know, your Norwiches and your Watfords probably looking like they're uh, they're running away with it, um, and Bournemouth perhaps in that group. But after that, I think it's hugely competitive. We've been fantastic in some games and not got what we've deserved. I'm sure things will turn around, and I'm uh, super confident we're going to stay in the championship. Well, McCarthy lets it bounce, and Styles has it edge of the penalty area. Goes on the outside and scores. 
low, driven across the face of goal. Allsop really unsighted, I think, perhaps by the defender. And Wickham have succumbed to a goal on the break here from Callum Styles, And it's Barnsley 1, Wickham 0. McCleary is bundled down in the box and the referee blows his whistle and it's a penalty. Gareth McCleary wins a penalty, his control was excellent. Apo Halmu has looked clumsy when the ball's on the deck. Manhandled McCleary to the floor. Joe Jacobson then up against Walton and scores. And Wickham are level here at Oakwell. Goal coming on 48 minutes from the left foot of Joe Jacobson. It's Barnsley 1, Wickham 1. Oh, that's a lovely Great touch ball. from Chaplin. Lovely ball on the volley. It's released Luke Thomas. Left-hand channel, still going, still going. As he fouled, referee gives his it's second penalty. <laughs> He's already blown his whistle and gives his second penalty. The ball's in the back of the net, but the referee had already blown his whistle. And it's a penalty to Barnsley. And Woodrow has scored six goals this season. Will it be seven? Here he comes, right-footed. And it's to the right of Ryan Allsop and in. And Barnsley lead here, 2-1. Gareth, another tight defeat in the championship. There's not much in these games. No, but, you know, we weren't at the races as much as we have been lately. Uh, I'll say f for the last eight games, we've been hugely competitive. I wanted to stay uh, the same, the same formation, the same personnel, uh, and maybe step too far sometimes with these fixture lists. Um, you know, we haven't got the deepest squad in the world with a couple of injuries, but still, I think we uh, will all admit, you know, that we're just not at the races tonight. Um, and Barnsley... They weren't great, but they played the better stuff than us and, uh, and a few passes together. You know, we left a two-on-two two for the penalty at the end. If you're not going to be brilliant, then keep it tight and keep it solid and we'll take a point away from home. But, you know, it was a uh, bad one to concede the penalty. But, um, you know, some real positives in there. You know, we, we again, we're gelling as a team. Gareth McCleary causing havoc at, at the top there, you know, and... Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Coventry on Saturday now. It's, uh, it's all we can do. I'm not going to dwell on this too much. Positive to the end and uh, let's start getting some points on the board. Uh, tiredness is a key, but Coventry have had their feet up tonight. Um, so that's an extra day's rest as well. Is that going to play a part? Well, we'll see. We'll see what team I pick, see what team they pick. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's a long way home. But I think being together is good. You know, we'll, we'll be picking the bones out of that and seeing how we can be better. So maybe that's an advantage and we can come into Saturday's game knowing that we uh, we need to up a performance. And uh, we, we certainly all Coventry on it. So it's been a long time since we've beat them. And uh, looking forward to trying to get one over on Mark Robbins, who, who's a great guy and a great manager. We've talked about the impact of Adebayo in Femme this season, but it, he looked very tired at times this evening. <laughs> no, the big man's been absolutely phenomenal for me. Uh, we, as I keep saying, we wouldn't be in this championship without him, as well as a few others. Um, and uh, you know, he'll be uh, he'll be wanting to get the better of the Barnsley defenders back at home. I'm sure they uh, they managed him quite well tonight, but. He, uh, he still managed to cause havoc in the box on a couple of set plays and uh, we just didn't get that final pass together. We didn't get Scotty in the way we wanted to and uh, do you know what? Um, I'll, uh, I'll take that one on the chin. Uh, boys, rest up because I'll need you Saturday. We'll go again. Uh, in terms of the injured players, any, any news on when they'll be back? Yeah, we've got Tafazoli, Ick Piazu and Thompson all very, very close. Uh, so... I'm hoping we can get them involved uh, in this Christmas period. Uh, we're going to need some fresh legs, I'm sure. Uh, it is chaotic around this time of year. We had it last year. Um, nothing new to Leagues 1 and Leagues 2 teams, and uh, and we've been there. So we're, we're really, really looking forward to uh, to having a week off at least, you know, around the Christmas week. But um, at the moment, all I can concentrate on is Coventry, Bournemouth, and keep the off. It's uh, three big games. I want to get nine points from them.
commentary is, is a massive game because they came up with Wickham last season and they're pulling away a little bit but it's an important game for Wickham to get three points just to keep in touch going into Christmas yeah do you know we 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 will get enough points to survive in this league and that's all that matters at the end of the season you know being in touch at Christmas is neither here nor there for me um, we were top of the league at Christmas last season and uh, you know obviously we, we had to go through the playoffs so don't worry about where we are at Christmas worry about where we are in May and um, we're looking forward to getting the right amount of points to keep us in this division A narrow win for Barnsley here's what the home fans had to say Tactical masterstroke. That were a deserved win, but I honestly think they might be the worst opposition I've ever seen in championship. They're going down. Young Nudger. I were a fan of Wickham, but not after that. They played no football, just long ball tactics and complaining in the face of the ref. Horrible. Backer. Wickham are cynical, defensive hoofers, with Jacobson leading the rest of his teammates in the dark arts. They'll definitely go down. They coveted their way into the League One playoffs, voting to stop the season, claiming they couldn't afford to test their players. There's not a lot of money there, but there are slender budgets, and then there's Wickham. I mean, Starting Akin Fenwa in this division, it's ugly as hell. They probably have the worst individuals I've ever seen in second tier. But you gotta do what you gotta do in order to stay in games. Tykes fan. I honestly couldn't watch them every week. Shocking football. Scott Cameron. Horrendous game to watch. Thank God we don't have to play them again any time soon. Exiled. Wickham are by far the worst team in this league. And yet we laboured to a narrow win. That certainly doesn't bode well. But it's three points, I suppose. Uh, so it could have been worse. Ethelred. We needed our centre-halves to concentrate for the full 90 minutes because the ball was punted up in the air time and again. That's all Wickham have got. Shepley Red. Well done, Reds. Wickham know their limitations and are never going to play an open attacking game of football at this level. They made it difficult for us, but it was a deserved three points in the end. Dodgy defence. Fair play to them for being hard to beat. It's not good to watch, but they are good at spoiling games and will no doubt nick draws off a fair few teams. Commercially, Wickham Wanderers are making great strides off the pitch. Since Covid, the website has improved dramatically and you can now buy shirts and merchandise which is now delivered by Mission Dispatch, a Wickham Wanderers fan run company. Mark Bowring got in contact with the club to offer his services and business appears to be good. I gave him a ring to find out how things are going. I got in contact with the club um, just around the time of lockdown and said, you know, guys, look, I think, you know, 
you're, you're going to have a bit of a, a situation here because with no fan football, you've got a, a, a store that's for stock, um, no means of, of selling it, obviously, because they didn't have their own online store. Um, and it was one of those where I said, yeah, I, I can help you, um, but I think you know, we need to act quickly. And so... Um, so that's exactly what the club did. Um, you know, uh, Neil and, and Pete and the, and the whole crew there kind of rallied together to get all of the stock that was that was in the shop at the time into us. Um, they've got a, a website built very very quickly, which I have to say is very good. Um, and and yeah, the rest is history. You know, the, the stock came in, um, and you know, orders started flowing through. And, and then uh, and then as luck would have it, um, we we uh, we got launched from eight. To, to third at the behest of um, very upset other football clubs and uh, and as you can imagine from there on in the, uh, the online sales have kind of gone berserk ever since I was about to say I mean the best marketing plan for a football club is to have success so around that playoff final you must have been doing some real business yeah and, and it was a real scramble obviously because of the whole COVID situation you know the supply chain everywhere has been completely decimated so you know, just getting hands on, on on stock and everything else was a real challenge for the club. And you know, I mean, we we were working you know, between us you know, all hours of, of the day and night just to to make sure that we could facilitate you know those orders. Um, and as I say, you know, a lot of the stuff went on on pre-order. Um, and I think you know, with Wickham Wonder, you know, they've been League Two, League One, and of course, nobody really knew you know how. how Many shirts, you know, they would sell, you know, the playoff shirts, etc. So the, the plan was to put everything on pre-order so that they could effectively order exactly the right amount of stock, and then obviously some surplus. So as opposed to it being, you know, orders coming in, you know, sort of fluidly you know, throughout the day, which happens with you know a lot of our clients, you know, come in, you'll have a hundred orders or fifty orders, or whatever. It was pre-order goes on sale, and then it closes. And then we'll get shipped in. I mean, thousands of you know we had the um, the, the, the uh, championship playoff books, the shirts, etc. And so it was a real kind of you know avalanche, if you like, of, of stock coming in um, and just turning it round and getting it out the door as quickly as possible. And uh, the question is really, what are the top sellers in in terms of Wick and Wanderer stuff? Uh, well, funny enough, this is a question I've asked a few people, and, and it surprised everyone. So. The the, the the hottest selling products on the online store before the um, before the playoff campaign happened, believe it or not, was actually the, uh, the silver Wick and Wanderers beer mugs. That doesn't and, surprise uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's quite quite a thing. And um, and then of course the um, the playoff shirts were very very popular, um, as, as were the um, the, the uh, silver ear books. I think they did a, a, a set run on those. I can't remember how many it was, but it was into the, the thousands and every single one of those sold. Um, so, yeah, the, the playoff merchandise was, you know, phenomenal. And then, the, um, and then of course, the kit launch came along and um, absolutely bonkers. And it was quite a funny thing because obviously we do the, the printing of the shirts in-house. And um, I, was, I remember talking to Ben in the back office and we were talking about how many decals to order for the shirts, you know, so the badges and the player names and numbers and, and everything else. And um, anyway, so I've ordered a couple of packs of the Championships League badges. Um, I'm not quite sure how many we'll need. And I saw, how many did you get through last season? He said, I, he said, I think we only printed uh, badges on, on three shirts in the shop the whole of last season. So, 
So uh, I think now we're probably up at about 1,500 or so shirts that, that have had the badges on. So, you know, everything's kind of been um, almost the unknown, if you like. So it's been quite reactive. And, and as I say, you know, the, the supply chain um, has made things very challenging. Um, but, you know, the, the fans have been brilliant. You know, I mean, I, I've, you know, because I'm a fan, you know, yes, we're a, a partner with a club and a supplier, but, you know, ultimately I'm a, I'm an avid Wick and Wanderer supporter. And so, you know, I, I've been taken to social media when people have been asking questions about, you know, I've been waiting for my shirt for two weeks or does anybody know when these are being sent out? Um, and I've I kind of made a rub for my own back because you know, I'm sitting there watching telly at 11 o'clock at night getting WhatsApp messages and messengers from people. Um, but, you know, just that, that, happy to help. As a massive Wiccan Wanderers fan, which which I know you are, and, and the family as well, it must be great to kind of step in and, and help out the club, especially in this really challenging time. It, it has been, Phil, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, I think, it, you know, in, in any walk of life, whether it's football, whether it's business, and obviously football is, is a business nowadays, um, you know, everybody wants to hear about success stories. Um now, you know, obviously it's not my place to, to, to talk about figures, but, but what I do know is that within the first four months of the uh, the, the online store going live, it, it massively outnumbered the entire turnover um, that the, the club took within the shop the, the previous season for the whole of the season. Um, and, you know, it has been... And funny enough, I was at the club today for the, um, the business networking uh, meeting and, and Neil uh, Peters was doing a presentation and he said himself, you know, that the... The money that it's, it's generated to the club, you know, has been an absolute godsend. And you know, to to, to be a part of that is is great. You know, and, and it's you know, it, and it, uh, to me, it shows that the club has moved on to another level. You know, they're thinking outside the box. Um, you know, that they, they were in a situation where, you know, where all clubs were, where you know, it was like, you know, we've got no ticket revenue, you know, we've got no bar revenue, we've got no food revenue, and now we can't even sell our own merchandise. Um, and, and, you know, to get uh, an online store, you know, up and running as quickly as, as they did and, and we did together was, 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 you know, was quite a thing because, you know, normally these things take quite a lot of time and back and forth and all the rest of it. But this was really one of those, you know, let's just get the job done. And it has been a, a, an absolute success and it's great to be a part of it. It's not just the UK and, and South Bucks are sending stuff to either. I mean, you, you can dispatch anywhere in the world. Is that right? Absolutely anywhere. Yeah, it's quite funny, actually. We've got this really great little sort of widget tool on our dashboard, uh, and it's like a heat map of where we're shipping to in the world. So you can you can view by, you know, by individual clients, and, and it's like it, the heat map changes depending on how many orders are going to those places, and, and I'm a bit nerdy with stuff like that, so I'll sort of sit there and analyse it. But, I mean, we've had orders from yeah, everywhere. Uh, Mexico, I'm not sure if it's your friend, uh, your friend Yuri. Um, Chile, uh, America, Canada... Um, quite a decent following actually in Scandinavia and Norway, Sweden, and other. Um, so yeah, I mean, absolutely everyone. It's, and it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite interesting, really, when you when you sort of see firsthand what kind of following that, you, that, that the club does have from you know not just Buckinghamshire and not just the UK, but literally all over the world. Well, it's part of the Kuhig mantra, isn't it? The worldwide Wiccan Wanderers phenomenon. Uh, so people li- uh, listening into this and they're thinking, right, I need to get something nice for Christmas for X, Y and Z. Uh, what are the cut-off dates for getting the orders in if, if they're to be delivered on time for Christmas? <laughs> About a week ago. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the, the, I mean, the, the official um, dates are sent to us by the various carriers, so DHL and, and Royal Mail, etc. Um, 
I mean, last postal dates really are the sort of tail end of next week. But I think that the caveat is that all of the networks at the moment are, are at capacity. I mean, it's a busy time of year anyway. Um, we're just off the tail end of, of Black Friday. Um, and then obviously with the whole COVID situation, you know, I mean, the, the networks got swamped at the beginning of, of COVID. I mean, to give you an idea, I mean, our, our, um, our churn of work going out of the warehouse in March was was almost double what it was um, last year on, on certain products. Um, and that's been echoed, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout, you know, a lot of the online retail sector um, that, that, you know, online ha- has gone absolutely bonkers over the last few months. And the, the carriers are kind of struggling to, to, to keep up. And obviously that combined with peak season means that, you know, there are delays. So what I would say to people is that, you know, if, if you are trying to get stuff for Christmas, try and order it now. Um, and obviously, you know, the shirts that they need to be printed. So, you know, there's a couple of days lead time on those. Um, and actually, if you want to order an Akin Femme shirt, they're getting double quick because the number of shirts that that man sells, I cannot begin to tell you. And uh, and it's quite funny because when, when you print the shirts, because his name's so big, it takes longer than everybody else's shirts because you can't print it in one go. So, uh, yeah. Oh, so in the interest of logistics and that, so we need Dominic Gape to score a hat-trick against Coventry, a huge spike in Gape shirts, because there's only four letters, and that will help, right. help you out next and week. And we need to sign Denver Bar. That's what we need to do. Right, if you're listening to this, Gareth, then in January, when you're signing players, short names and, uh, and people who score lots of goals with short names, please, OK? Absolutely. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, good luck for uh, for this busy time of year and, and great to hear a fan getting involved with the club and, and making the experience for fans better as well and also getting the word of Wickham Wanderers out all around the world. It's fantastic to hear about. Thank you to everybody that's ordered and supported the football club because that's what it's all about. It's about generating money for Wickham Wanderers Football Club and we'd delight to be a part of that. So could Wickham end their hoodoo against Coventry City? It was at Adams Park in front of 2,000 fans. Here's what happened. We will get enough points to survive in this league and that's all that matters at the end of the season. You know, being in touch at Christmas is neither here nor there for me. Um, we were top of the league at Christmas last season and, uh, you know, obviously we, we had to go through the playoffs. So don't worry about where we are at Christmas, worry about where we are in May. And Patterson loses it in midfield, it's Kelly again, goes for goal and this time he doesn't make a mistake and drills it into the bottom corner past the helpless Ryan Allsop, wonderful strike, it's Wickham nil, Coventry 1. Hamer the substitute then will take the free kick, right footed from the right wing, whistle goes and then it chips to the back post and it goes right across the face of goal and Kelly's got his second and Coventry do have a 2-0 lead just before half time and it's Wickham nil, Coventry 2. Gate finds Jacobson in space on the left. Jacobson sends it in left-footed. Akin Femmel controls it. Wheeler pushed on the edge of the penalty area. And it's a Wickham Wanderers. Is that a penalty or free kick? I think it's a penalty. 12 yards out, up against Ben Wilson. Jacobson left-footed, straight down the middle. It's Wickham 1, Coventry 2. Gareth, again, against Coventry, and uh, it's a defeat, but Coventry always beat Wickham, it seems. <laughs> yeah, we did they deserve it today? I don't think so. A um, couple of individual, individual errors for us. Um, but I thought we were by far the better team today. You know, the chances count must be massive in Wickham's favour. And we've scored right at the death. Uh, and the referees give offside when, for all the world, it looks onside. Um, uh, it's one of those days, you know, I'm really pleased with the performance, disappointed with the result. You know, I know results determine where we are in the league, but 
all I can say is we keep playing like that and we will be fine because again we've we've been more than competitive today really pleased with them a game of substitutions, really. Uh, Mark Robbins made a change on half an hour that affected the end of the first half, and then you made your own triple subs on 58 minutes, and that had an instant impact as well. Yeah, but, do you know, I don't like doing that because the players who were on the pitch at the start are well capable of winning this game, and uh, it's two individual mistakes that cost their places in the team. It cost me to make three changes, Daryl Horgan, and Matt Bloomfield, and... Um, I can't remember the other one now, but um, Alex Samuel, you know, they're well capable. So it's not like you're not good enough. It's it's we have to do this to change the impetus of the game, you know. And and uh, and so I feel sorry for those guys because they're well capable of winning, and and we showed that. I thought we, I, I honestly think we were a better team today. Um, maybe I've got it wrong, but I, I usually get things pretty good with my eyes, and uh, we've got to put our chances in. We've got to stop conceding and the first goal's a gift the second goal we've got to defend a set play better on half time and we've not got to give the free kick away in the first place you know but you know all these things uh, we're in the championship we're finding our feet still we're still within a shout I think there's going to be five or six teams scrapping for three places we just got to finish above three of them Was it a big blow today because Coventry came up with Wickham last season? No not at all no when Coventry spend money on a player like Hamer in the region of millions of pounds, then I'm absolutely fine with that. I've, I've spent maybe my biggest ever transfer fee on Daryl Horgan, which is, I mean, a League Two fee, you know? So, no, absolutely not. They're, they're a big side. It's Coventry City, for crying out loud. So uh, we're, we're, we're well pleased with where we are. We're in the championship, competing week in, week out, and I'll put my name to that performance. It's frustrating, is it, the mistakes that are, that are costing Wickham again after you sort of eradicated them after that first few games? Yeah, do you know, it's just mistakes, individual mistakes, that's all it is. It's not like teams are carving us apart and that's really important for me to, to take the positives out of that because this is a footballing side under Mark Robbins and Eddie Vavash who play great football and in years gone by, they've carved us apart. Absolutely none of the sort today. I thought we were by far the better team and... We just didn't score the goals. And, you know, I've got to look through the results sometimes. I always do. We'll be back. We've got an easy one on Tuesday. We're second in the league away at Bournemouth. So, <laughs> can't wait for that now. Coventry were hanging on at the end, though. You must take great heart from that. Yeah, of course. I take great heart from the whole performance today. Uh, from minute one to minute 90, I can probably just have a disappointing minute on 44, 49 minutes, was it? And, um, you know whenever Kelly scored his first goal as well. They're the two moments where I'm disappointed. But if, if a manager can be pleased with 88 minutes out of 90, then it's a pretty good ratio. And, and the fans were superb. And at the end, I'm going around clapping the fans and not one negative, you know, fan in there. It was brilliant. I think they see as well what we did today and, and I'm really pleased and proud of them. There was that little snippet before the flag went up where the fans erupted and it, fe <laughs> it felt like one of those famous Wickham comebacks, but and it taken been. away from them. It should have been, you know. Scotty Cash gets onside, how the linesman's give it and, and taking so many so much time giving it. Um, it's just gone against us. I thought the officials were going to get better at this level and uh, I'm not going to say any more than that. <laughs> so, we've been on the end of a couple of decisions that have uh, have gone against us. There was one where we're in possession and it's hit the referee and the referee gave it back to Coventry. Again, baffled by it, but I wouldn't like to be a ref. I've said this many times. Um, 
it's tough, it's tough. And, you know, I, I just hope that um, we can get some decisions going our way second half of the season because uh, it certainly hasn't gone our way this side, this side of it. And looking ahead to Tuesday, I saw Uchik Piazzu and, and Ryan Tafazoli out on, on the grass uh, earlier on doing doing some uh, intensive running and stuff. Are they getting closer? Very much so, yeah. Uh, I think Uchi will be days away and Tafazoli probably Boxing Day is a target for him. We need him, definitely. But um, like I say, on today's performance, every one of those players can come off the pitch with their heads held high. Uh, frustrated, deserved the point, didn't get it. Um, some things are just out of our control, but that performance was well in our control. I'm really proud of it. So yet another victory for Coventry against Wickham Wanderers. And we've got the thoughts of the Sky Blue fans coming up later on in the show for the Opposition View, part two. 2,000 fans back in at Adams Park and it was great to hear them getting behind the lads on Saturday despite the result. But what if watching I follow for every game is the only option you have? Wickham fan Rich Barter lives on the other side of the world. Here's what his match day looks and sounds like. Hi, my name is Rich Barter. And for the last 12 years, I've lived in Rotorua in the central North Island of New Zealand. To picture it, Rotorua has a population that's roughly half the size of High Wycombe and is a region that's made up of huge areas of forest and lakes, but is most famous for its geothermal activity and bubbling mud pools, geysers and a strong Maori connection. It's hard to imagine anywhere too different from High Wycombe, but there is a small contingent of Wycombe fans forming here. Friends of mine, who found themselves swept along on this incredible journey of ours. Like a lot of people my age, I became a Wickham fan back in the early 90s. I didn't grow up in a footballing family. My dad didn't support a team, so I had no influences in that regard. I certainly never played the game at that stage. But in 1991 and in, again in 1993, some pals of mine from down the street took me along to Wembley for the two FA Cup final wins. I remember it was the 93 final against Runcorn. I was 15. That made me suddenly fall in love with everything about the experience of football and with Wickham Wanderers. A couple of months later, I had a season ticket for our upcoming league debut campaign and Saturday afternoons and Tuesday evenings under the lights my whole life revolved around watching Wickham. Looking back, I'm kind of sad I missed those heady conference years, but I got there in the end. I remember being behind the goal in the Valley End for the League Cup second leg match against today's opponents, Coventry, then in the Premiership, of course, and seeing us roar to that four-goal lead. And behind the same goal when Jason Cousins got the ball lodged in the stanchion against Scunthorpe. Special memories. <laughs> Being a Wickham fan on the other side of the world is, of course means setting the alarm early for games, very early. Depending on the time of year, that can mean a 2am, 3am, or like today, a 4am kickoff. To avoid waking the whole house, I slip out of bed, grab the laptop, stick the coffee machine on and find a quiet corner in the living room where I plug my headphones in. 
It's not exactly beers with your mates and the smell of the burger van, but the buzz of excitement is always there. The adrenaline of getting up and the anticipation. Will today be three points? Being summer in the Southern Hemisphere, we're only a week or so away from the longest day, but at 4am it's still pitch black. So this will be how I spend the entire match, sat in darkness, my face lit up by my laptop, trying desperately not to yell out too loud at key moments. As I'm watching though, I'm not alone. I'll always have my phone in my hand, flicking through Twitter to feel connected to the fans and the club. Looking fans now in a subdued silence to 2000, and there goes the whistle. Literally a second after the ball was kicked back into the Wickham after restart. And Wickham now with a mountain to climb in the second half. Half-time here at Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers nil, Coventry City two. Well, 2-0 down at half-time and not a scoreline I would have expected after that first half an hour. I really have lost a lot of sleep this season for not a lot of goals. 2-0 makes it hard, but maybe if we can make a tactical change as effectively as Coventry did and give ourselves a chance in the box, we can see something magical in this second half that sees us turn this around. And that will make my Sunday feel a whole lot better. 2,000 fans are back in to see it. Full-time, Wickham Wanderers 1, Coventry City 2. It's 6am here in New Zealand and morning has broken and the light is pouring into the house. I honestly had no doubt we were going to get something. I've just re-watched the Kashka equaliser that was ruled out and he looks on so it's an absolute gutter. My kids are still fast asleep, so I'm going to sneak back to bed, though I suspect I won't be able to sleep now. So another three points for Coventry against Wickham Wanderers. Here's what the Sky Blues fans thought of the game. London CCFC. Wickham, the gift that keeps on giving. Paxman 11. That was a deserved win. I'm just disappointed we didn't score one or two more from some great opportunities, which would have really put it to bed. Penalty for them? I'm not sure it was. Wickham need to be beating teams like us at home, and we've come away with all three points. Sky Blue Dreamer. We made such hard work of that. Slow start and arguably a bit fortunate to go two up and then a soft penalty lets them back in and we start dropping off. Akin Fenra comes on and we don't defend against him as successfully as we've done in the past. I'm grateful for the three points but we didn't deserve them and we couldn't have complained if they'd scored a legit equaliser. Liquid Gold Their late goal looked fine to me. I think we got away with it. At Susie Blue Sky. Yes, we got a lucky break at the end, but it was probably balanced out by the debatable penalty. AFC Coventry. Ooh, that was nail-biting to watch in the second half. And I don't think their goal was offside. Some of our players were average at best today, although Hamer was immense when he came on. But we get three points, and that's not to be sniffed at. Larry David. They went all gung-ho with 30 minutes to go. It was end-to-end stuff, and a better attacking team than us would have put four past them today. We're just not clinical enough. 
1883. Wickham fans can moan all they like about the offside. They should moan more about their horrendous 1930s style of play and their attempts to shithouse a result every week. Yes, we were lucky at the end, but <laughs> sod it. It evens itself out over the season. James Imus. Wickham, of all teams, seriously complaining about time wasting. Cov Kid, 55. To be fair, Wickham have the lowest budget in the division and are a very small club playing in a tough league. I don't think you can blame them for playing to their strengths. Right, that's your lot for this week. Many thanks to Mark Bowring and Rich Barter. Full match commentary of Wickham's trip to Bournemouth will be live on BBC Three Counties on the 98 FM frequency. In the meantime, keep the faith and come on you blues.